Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We just had. I hope that you leaned in. I hope that you lifted your hands up. I hope that you sung and expressed your love and adoration to God just in that moment we had of worship then. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you we've come here today to worship you and Lord Jesus to hear from your scriptures. I pray this word I'm going to share today will inspire, will Lord Jesus speak to someone's heart, will speak to someone's spirit, God, as the words are from you, Lord Jesus. So we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Come on, say it with me. Amen. Well, today we're going to get straight into it. Turn with me, if you will, to Mark 4.35, the scriptures, and it says this, As evening came, Jesus said to the disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Uh, Let me give you a little bit of context of what's happened here. Jesus just spent a whole day preaching the gospel, telling people about the Father, uh, healing people, miracles, casting out demons. And then at the end of the day, he decides that he wants to leave where he is the Sea of Galilee, one side of the lake, and cross over to the other side of the lake. And so he makes that decision. And uh, so along, uh, they cast out from uh, that location and they start going across the sea. And as they do that, they encounter a fierce storm. There's this huge battle and it's just carnage and things are happening. And, And the disciples are probably thinking to themselves, what are we doing out here? Things were going so well. We just had an amazing day. It's awesome. We were pumped. And now we're in a fight for our lives. We're getting battered by the storm. What is Jesus doing? Things were going so well. Uh, I wonder if you've ever experienced that in your own life, maybe in your past, maybe right now where you are at this moment. Uh, For instance, you might have gone for a promotion at work and you got it, and the reason for getting the promotion is so that you could make some more money so your family could do more things. Thing is, now that you've got the promotion, you're working so much overtime that you never see your family. How about this one here? You decided this is the year where you're going to get fit, healthy, you're going to tone up, and so you make all these uh, determinations, these things, these New Year's resolutions, and then people start inviting you to parties, and there's all this food, and then these new restaurants open up, and you go check them out, or you get sick, and so you can't run, or, or a big one that we've all experienced, you go into lockdown, and so you can't do that, and or maybe you get COVID, and man, this sounds like my year. So many good intentions to get fit, but just hasn't happened. Maybe this is you, you make a decision to follow Jesus, and then all these issues start popping up, all these distractions, all these things that try to pull you away from the things of God and church. Most pressure starts to take place when you decide where you want to be in life and start moving toward it. Continues on in Mark 5, verses 1 to 5. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial, burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. Whenever he was put in chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. The Gerasenes was a district of 10 cities, 10 towns. They were on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee, 
opposite from the west side. And this was a region of non-Jewish people. These were people who did not believe in God, did not believe in the God of Israel. And so Jesus and his disciples, as they pull up to the shoreline, a man comes rushing out to meet them. He's under the influence of demonic possession. And he comes out from the local cemetery, which is his home. And in both Matthew and Luke, we learn that this guy is so wild that the townspeople avoided the area entirely. They, they had no choice but to, uh, to somehow keep him in the cemetery in that place of death. And sounds like Victorians, like all of Australia has been wanting to avoid Victorians and Melbourneites, right? As we've been in lockdown. Ephesians 6, 12 and 13. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you may be able to resist the enemy in your time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Uh, there may be someone watching online today. There may be someone listening to this podcast in the future. And you feel like your life is messed up. And you just feel like it's a mess. And I want to ask you, how do you feel now when you look at this guy's life? He's literally living in a cemetery. Wow. If you want to talk about messed up, this, this guy's messed up. He lives in a cemetery. He walks around naked. He howls at the moon at night and he cuts himself with stones. And uh, I'm no psychiatrist, uh, but I reckon this guy's got some problems. He's got some issues. Uh, uh, like if you're living in a cemetery, that's a dead giveaway that you've got some problems. And I pray there's no one in this church who's living in a cemetery right now. He has major depressive disorder, antisocial personality disorder, panic disorder, intermittent explosive disorder, paranoia disorder, and some other made up disorder that I haven't yet listed already. There's some major issues going on in this guy's life. This is the kind of person that we may look at, that society looks at, that the church has at times looked at and said, this is a lost cause. What hope is there for a person like this? And maybe today when people look at you, they, they say something similar. They say something along the lines of, there is, there, is there any hope for this guy? Is there any hope for a girl like that? And if that resonates with you today, if there's people have said that to you, if there's been times when you've thought that yourself as you look in the mirror. I want to let you know this. There is always hope. Always hope. There is always a future. There is always salvation and redemption. And it is found in a man and his name is Jesus Christ. And today, if you've lost hope, today, if you feel like there is no purpose and meaning to life, I want to introduce you to that man, Jesus, at the end of my message and invite you to invite hope, Jesus, into your life. The truth of the matter is that we've all got issues. We're all facing things. We've all got problems. We've all just a little bit messed up in some area of our life. And he used rocks to harm himself, whereas we use drugs and sex and wrong relationships and violence and food and all these types of things. That's what we use. And he's stuck in a tomb of torment. He's got no family, no dreams, no friends, no hope. Ephesians 4.27 says this, Nor give place to the devil. Apostle Paul wrote the book of Ephesians and what he's saying here is he's saying don't give the devil a place and the word place in the Greek in which uh, the New Testament was written 
is, is the, word, the Greek word topos. Topos. And it refers to a specific marked off geographical region. It carries the idea of a territory, a province, a, a region, a zone, or a geographical position. It's from this word topos that we get the word topography. If you know anything about maps, topography is the lay of the land. And topos, place. Your life, your world, your family, your emotions, your thinking, our church, your, your neighborhood, this city is a territory. And for this territory, there's a fight. For your life, for your family, there's a fight. For your spirit, your soul, there's a fight. Your neighborhood, our church. And just to get to this man, Jesus and the disciples already went through a fight when they had to fight the storm that arose and, and threatened to capsize their boat. And then Jesus steps foot into this new territory, this new town, this new, this new area of the, the Gerasenes with the 10 cities, the 10 towns. And immediately he finds confrontation with a spiritual opposition. I will fight for anything I believe to be mine. And I believe you would too. You pick up my kids, you abuse my wife, you try to cause trouble in our church, you attempt to steal from me, there's going to be a fight. Why? Because we always fight for what we want or for what we have ownership over. But more, but, but, but there have been times, I should say, there have been times where because of discouragement, because of tiredness, because of distractions, where I have sat back and let the devil take my territory. And he specializes in stealing hope. He specializes in reminding us of our insecurities, of bringing division and disunity into our homes, into our relationships and our churches. And we've got to know, church, that these things don't just happen. They're not just coincidences. These are assignments. These are tasks. These are battles. These are fights that the, the, our enemy, the devil, has sent against you and me. And when we accept them as normal, we adjust our life to accommodate them. We say things like this, oh, oh it's normal to have no hope in our life. Uh, we say something like this, oh, oh, letting my insecurities driving my life is okay. That's normal. We all do it. Uh, we might say, oh, oh, fighting and screaming in the home, in my marriage, in my relationship with my children. It's normal. It's okay. That's the normal way to do lives. What used to be abnormal now becomes normal. I mean, you only have to pause and look at the last 18 months to see how the abnormal becomes the normal. And there's been the lockdowns, mask wearing, QR codes, vaccinations, and all these things are so abnormal to our life, but they're becoming normal now. But I think something greater than that, greater than those things, greater than those things that we see in the, in the natural realm with our eyes is something that has been occurring in the spirit realm and the atmosphere around our lives. Something much bigger abnormal has been happening. There's a sense of life on hold. Life's on hold. There's plans shelved and hopes dashed. There's anxieties increased and social separation. It's been like a groundhog day. Every day's the same, sort of in lockdown. It's, it's like all of this, all of society is experiencing this all at the same time. And it's put us all into a kind of a survival mode. We're like in a bunkered down mentality. We, we just got to get through this. If we could get through this, we, we go into survival mode, but bunker down. Well, today I want to say church that may have been where we were and we may have chosen or not chosen that, 
but that's not where we're going to stay. Today, church, I'm saying we're not going to stay in survival mode, bunker down mode. We're going to move forward where God wants us to be. See, we're in a fight, but it's not a fight for a fight to survive and to maintain. We're in a fight to expand and extend and to take ground for the kingdom of God. And every single person that you and I encounter in our lives, whether it's someone on the other side of a Zoom or Teams call at work, or it's a family member, or it's someone that we see at the supermarket, or it's the man sitting on the street corner with a cardboard sign, every single one of those persons is a person that God loves and has a purpose for their lives because that God made them. And see, God loves them with a never-ending love and He wants to expand His territory in the territory of their lives and to be their Lord and their Savior. Jesus, as He steps into that region of the Gerasenes, is extending, expanding His territory. He's taking ground and all hell breaks loose. Mark 5 verses 6 to 10, when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him and bowed down before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me? Jesus, son of the most high God, in the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. Jesus asked the name and the demon responds, my name is Legion. Uh, Legion is a military term. It's a term to talk about a, a grouping, a division of military units, soldiers, fighting units and it was a term commonly used for a Roman fighting unit and a legion is a battalion of in arms and during this time period the typical Roman legion was about 5,000 legionnaires, 5,000 men. So in other words there's not just one demon in this man, there's a whole legion, there's, there's you know like the, the symbolism of there's 5,000 demons in this man. I don't know whether it's literal or figurative but there's many 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 demons tormenting this man and it's all these voices in his, his head all at once and he's always going on all these different directions as these different demons are pulling and tearing at his life and his spirit and his soul and taking him all over the place. And so it's no wonder that this guy was so conflicted, so tormented. Mark 5, 11 to 12 continues. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the demons begged. Let us enter them. The, lead, the leader of Legion begins to try and strike a deal, get something happening here. Let's negotiate Jesus about what's going to happen. And whenever you start to fight for what is yours, there will be a temptation to settle. Book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah is building the wall and there's a temptation. Come down and negotiate with us. Uh, you see it in court cases where someone is in court, two parties are in court, and one of the parties will try to settle the case out of court to, 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 to the other party and see the evil spirits weren't concerned about leaving the man they just didn't want to leave the territory see, see they're not so concerned about leaving the man because they know that if they can stay in the territory they're going to still have influence and dominion in that area they're still going to be able to wreak havoc, havoc in people's lives and 
Verse 13, so Jesus gave them permission and the evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down from the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they, were, as they ran. And people rushed out to see what had happened. People rushed out to see what had happened. There's all this commotion going on. There's, there's all these noises and men running through the town. You've got to see what's happened. Our pigs, uh, the, the, the possessed man in the cemetery, they're screaming these things. And so the people flocked to see what's happening. Who's this Jesus? What's he doing? What's going on here? Something important for us to note here today, church. God can use anything, including demon possession, oppression, to bring people to himself. Let me say it again. God can use anything, even the worst moment of your life, to bring people to Jesus Christ. So when you are under attack, when you feel oppression, when you feel the enemy is pushing at the gates of your house, at the, at the gates of your mind, you feel that oppression, just think to yourself, stop and think, is this an opportunity for God to do something amazing in me or through me, for the people around me, or in my life. Verse 15, a crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and to leave them alone. It's a really interesting response and we think to ourselves, man, what a, what a terrible bunch of people. Jesus comes, he does an amazing miracle, sets this guy free and they're asking for him to go away to leave them alone. Well, today, church, if we really stop and think about it, their response is not too dissimilar to how we respond. See, we want to solve our problem without sacrificing our pigs. We want life change so long as this area of my life doesn't have to change. God changed my life, but not this area. I want it to stay how it is. We want revival so long as I don't personally have to share my faith with someone. We want our business to grow as long as we don't have to work extra hard and put in the hard work and the hours. We want a baby so long as it doesn't restrict our lifestyle. We still want to go out, party, do all the things. We want X so long as it doesn't cost us Y. Verse 18, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man start, started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and to proclaim the great news, the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. You know, the first thing here is amazingly, the people asked Jesus to leave. And Jesus leaves. There comes a point in time in our life where if we spend enough time rejecting Jesus, he will say, okay, I will leave you to yourself. I will leave you to your old way of living and I will go on to other area, to other people who want me more. But the amazing thing is that Jesus leaves the man behind. I want you to know something. Jesus has left his Holy Spirit here on earth. So even there might be a time in your life where maybe you've rejected Christ or you've walked away from him. His Holy Spirit is always with you and talking to you and, sp and speaking into your life and reminding you. And there is always an opportunity for you to come back to Jesus Christ. 
But this man, he goes through all the villages telling the amazing things that Jesus had done for him, how merciful God was, and they were all amazed at what he said. Church, today, there's a fight that we're in. You're in a fight today. Make no mistake about it. There's a fight for your soul, your family. There's a fight for your walk with God, your relationship with him. There's a fight for your church. There's a battle raging around you and you may not even realize it. And I'm not talking about a battle of should we get vaccinated, not get vaccinated. I'm not talking about a battle for, you know, your work colleague, you're in a fight with them to get the job promotion. I'm not talking about the natural realm. I'm talking in the spiritual realm. There's a battle raging on around our lives. There's an enemy. His name is the devil. And he's trying to come in to steal, rob, and destroy your life. And you may not realize it, but just because you don't, you're not aware, it doesn't mean it's not happening. The Bible is so, so clear on that. But I want to encourage you today, church. I want to encourage you. I don't want to leave you in a place of display. I want to bring you to a place of hope. Did you know that you have an unfair advantage in the battles of life that you may face spiritually and also physically? Romans 8.31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Come on, let's grab a hold of that today. Declare it over your life. Maybe you're at home at the moment. You're in isolation. Can I say to you, if God is for you, who can be against you? Maybe you're struggling at, at home with, the, with your children all, all the time. They haven't been at school and they're now able to go back, but they're young and, and you're finding it hard as a mum or a dad. If God is for you. Who can be against you? Maybe your mind is facing a battle of lies and insecurities that that have been spoken over your life, declared over your life. I want to tell you today, you can defeat that with Jesus because if God is for you, who can be against you? And when God is with you, he could turn your mess into a message, your test into a testimony, your trial into a triumph, and he can turn any victim into a victory. And Jesus has already run the fight for you on the cross. Don't forget, church, the battle is already won. The war has already been achieved and Jesus has won at the cross. He defeated the plans of the devil to oppress you, to keep you blinded in darkness, to keep you bound in chains. You are set free. But just like Jesus sets the man free of the legion of demons, It's not just a victory for that man. It's also a victory for those 10 towns. Because see, Jesus may no longer be there. And Jesus may no longer be here on earth. But guess who is still there? There's the man who is still there. There is you and I that are still here on this earth. And so our victory isn't our victory alone. It's for others too. See, the man who had been possessed, he didn't keep it to himself. He went into all the surrounding regions telling the people about Jesus how merciful he was and how what had happened to him. He'd been set free. He'd been released. He was a new man. And that's what's happened to you and me. We're free now. Let's take that message of freedom out to the world, the world that needs it so desperately. A couple of Fridays ago, it was Freedom Friday. Can I tell you something today, church? Every day as a believer of Jesus Christ is Freedom Day because we've been set free from our sins, we have been given a new life. We have been promised an eternity in heaven. We are new creations. We are free men and women. So don't settle, church. 
Let's not stay in survival mode in these coming months as we return to church, in these coming months as we enter into Christmas church. We're going to come back not in lethargy, not in survival mode, not in bunker down mode. We're going to come back strong. We're going to continue to step out in faith. We're going to take territory for Jesus Christ. We're going to proclaim the name of God wherever we go. There's a, that, that's a doorbell. That's, that, that's, I, I could be all spiritual right now. I say that's Jesus knocking at the door of our lives. But no, it's not. It's just the doorbell. But what we need to know is that we are here to take territory for Jesus because Melbourne belongs to God. Let's pray today. God, today I just thank you, Lord, that whatever we're doing, Lord Jesus, that you are with us, God. We thank you that we have freedom in you. I just pray that today we take the opportunity, we decide in our lives to choose today to move from survival to move to taking territory. God, I pray if there's people out there, men and women, who are like that man who need to be set free, I pray that you are setting them free right now in this moment, that you are uh, bringing your Holy Spirit over their lives. You are setting them free, God. I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Right now, maybe you're here today, and I was talking earlier about how there is a hope that we have in Jesus Christ. I was talking about those things. I want to tell you today, there is a hope that you can find in Jesus. And maybe you haven't experienced that hope. Today, I want to say that his name is Jesus Christ. If you would invite him into your life, if you would say, I need you, God. I need you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. He will bring hope to your life. He will free you like the man in this story we just read about in that book. He can set you free. He can give you a new life. He can give you a new future. So today, church, I want to give that opportunity to any person. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today would you say this simple prayer to me? Lord Jesus, say it after me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Set me free. I want to know you. Say it again one more time. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Set me free. I want to know you. God, today, any person prayed that prayer, come upon them powerfully right now. Holy Spirit, impart yourself into them. Jesus, your power to set them free from oppression, sins in their past, Lord Jesus, right now. We thank you for that, God. Lord, right now, I also pray if there's any people in our church who have physical needs, Lord God, who need healing in their body, God, who have opportunities that they need, God, breakthrough, God, who need to overcome situations in their life, Jesus. I just pray right now, if there's any person like that, would you put your hand up right where you are at home at the moment or wherever you're watching or listening to this, put your hand up right now. Jesus, come upon their life just like you set free, just like you were doing miracles in the New Testament, just like, Lord Jesus, you, you, we see in the scriptures, I pray for your healing power to come upon their life. For you to set them free, to bring miracles, breakthrough, healing, Lord God, provision, Lord Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen.